White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is right there at Chris Tannehill, and the show is at Locked On Sox, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to leave us a voice message, 312-566-8727 to do that. And for an email, it is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Ooh. 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 Hey. Yeah, friends. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, uh, whatever. Yes. Yeah, whatever. Why, why, why do you even watch baseball anymore? Well, it's dumb. It really is. It's a, it's a maddening game, is it? Uh, you know, 258 episode uh, number here on Monday. Well, I will say this. You, you made it to Monday. You, we survived the weekend somehow, some way. And, you know, the Sox did lose all four games in Houston, and that's okay. And I'm going to tell you why it's okay, and it's not the worst thing that ever happened to you in your life uh, in just a little bit. But we're going to get to your voicemails here. We're going to get Herb's thoughts on big picture White Sox issues. We'll get my thoughts. We'll preview the Pirate Series just a little bit, and uh, we'll, we'll try to parse through all this, everything we saw this weekend. Uh, we are brought to you today by Locked on MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked on MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis on the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, it's the baseball police in the background coming for bad White Sox baseball. They are offended, the baseball police are. Um, whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Um, yeah, there we go. Let's get it started over here with a little KRS-One here on a Monday morning. This this will get your juices flowing. Um, but happy belated father's day we hope everyone out there all the dads who listen to this show had a great father's day wish uh you know happy father's day to everyone out there except for tommy fam's dad there's a lot of people i could thank you know but um you know i i'm proud of myself it ain't like i had a dad out there to to um play catch with me or, or throw me batting practice so you know i'm proud of myself so all the dads out there hi dad all right let's get the show started shall we so white Sox get swept out of houston they're now 43-29. and 29. They've got the two-and-a-half game lead up on Cleveland, who, by the way, um, you talk about blown opportunities. You might be looking at this, at this as a White Sox fan. Like, man, the Sox, you know, could have could have made a name for themselves and they could have established themselves as the best team in baseball with a good showing in Houston. Meanwhile, the Indians lose two games to the Pirates, and which is not relatively encouraging considering the Sox are going to Pittsburgh, and so are we. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, that, that you got to look at that as a missed opportunity if you're Cleveland, I would think. But they are two and a half games back now. Things getting a little tight in the AL Central, a little tight, and uh, that's where we begin, Herb. Where do you see this team going from here? What, what are your what are your takeaways, if any, from this weekend series? Certainly disappointing, but when you look at this this four game stretch, which it's really just a drop in the bucket for 162 games, but do you take anything away, good or bad, from this one from this four game set here in Houston? 
I don't think an elite team should get swept by any team, much less a team where I think they're really good offensively studs. And you can see the ERAs and some of the good pitching that they're doing out there that the pitchers are pretty good themselves. But to get swept by this team, and if the White Sox are just not as good as Houston, I'll accept getting swept. But I think the White Sox are a top-of-the-league team, and so to get swept by a team that is on your level is disheartening. Yeah, they only go down as four losses, and that's only four games off the calendar. You're still in first place by two and a half games, so you should feel positive. The season as a whole, very positive. But this weekend was very disheartening because you really didn't give get regular performance from guys that you usually count on besides Carlos Rodon. Yeah, but everybody well, well, yeah. else, like the pitching staff, the defense, the hitting – it all took the weekend off in Houston. Yeah, we'll get to Carlos Rodon in a second because that is one of the good things I think that came out of this series here. And just to, to your point, the offensive woes for this team, you go up and down the lineup here. Tim, 1 for 12. Yoan, 3 for 10. Uh, Brian Goodwin, 2 for 8. Abreu, 1 for 10. Grandal, 3 for 10. Jake Lamb, hi, it's Jake Lamb, 1 for 5. It was a big one, uh, but uh, we've 1 for 5 nonetheless. Andrew Vaughn, 2 for 10 with the homer. Zach Collins, 1 for 4. Danny Mendick, 1 for 9. You're mean, 0 for 10 in the series. And uh, the, the writing on the, is on the wall for your mean, I think, to get sent down to Charlotte. Who comes up in his stead? I don't know. Maybe Jake Berger? Who knows? We'll, we'll evaluate that in a second. But you talk about elite teams not losing. And, and, I, and I really believe the Sox, that as they're constructed right now, are not an elite team. I'm not going to use the injuries as an excuse because they had been playing well and they managed to play very well against Toronto and Tampa Bay. So mm-hmm. I know what they're capable of. They didn't play up to their uh, capabilities this past weekend in Houston. And sometimes that happens in baseball. I'm, I'm okay with it. I won't lose sleep over it. But you go back and so many people, we've only seen one World Series in our lifetime if you're a White Sox fan. So I went back to 2005 and I said, "What? did they ever have any clunkers? Uh, at one point in 05, the Sox lost seven in a row and eight of nine, most of those games being at home. They got swept by the Twins, and then they lost a, a couple games to the Yankees. But, you know, that that was in August in those dog days right there. And we all know that team went on a little bit of a slide there, but it does happen in baseball. You, you, most teams are going to have a bad stretch. And the key for this White Sox team here is to stop it there. Just stop it, all right, at four games in Houston. Put it behind you. Uh, Tony said his butt was sore from the butt whooping that he got. And you just, you know, you have the off day and you put it behind you. I I think this is just a a case where right now the, the Astros, I think they are the best team in baseball right now. I think they're better than the Rays are. And obviously right now they're they're better than the White Sox are. I'll say this about the Astros. Their starting pitching is a lot better than people give it credit for. You didn't hear a lot about their pitching staff coming into the game, but that's a pretty formidable group that we saw there. And I know uh, limited sample size on a couple of those guys, but you know, you still have the guys that you know what you're gonna get from your McCullers and your Irakitis. So, you know, they're gonna be a problem and they're not going anywhere and they're they're red hot right now and they they just caught the A's yesterday so they're they're sometimes it's about you know not only who you play but when you play them and they could not have played them at a worse time playing at home feeling the vibes and you know it's just it is what it is and and the Sox just had a clunker of a series they they had been competitive all season long and they were not particularly competitive at any point in this series other than Friday's game where you needed your all-world starting pitcher Carlos Rodon 
to do all the heavy lifting for you. And they still they lost that one in a walk-off fashion, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, before we get to uh, Gordon Beckham's thoughts uh, after that Jordan Alvarez walk-off, uh, Rodon Friday. I mean, to me, like this is the one thing, if you're going to dwell on something positive, I think without a doubt for sure you now have – a number one bona fide starter going into a postseason series if you're fortunate enough to get there. That stuff that he was working with on Friday, it was just it was outstanding. Oh yeah. He was all that and more. And I thought we spoke about it when it came out when he talked about the Houston Astros and how they didn't get any suspensions on how you're gonna suspend people for using illegal substances on ball for 10 games when they didn't get anything. Did that right in front of the Houston series, his next start would be versus Houston, this prolific offense and the number one offense in baseball. And he pretty much shut those people down with a little wildness in the middle of that and still recovered and finished off really strong. We have an ace like this guy that showed up for the White Sox this year. And I've gone back to a couple times when the White Sox DFA'd or didn't uh, tender a contract to Carlos Rodon. I listened to that episode that we did, mm-hmm. and I listened to the episode where they signed him back. If you guys do the same, you'll hear Chris Tannehill in the first one say, hey, you know, it's not going to work out with the White Sox right now, but don't fret, guys. I think the White Sox are going to still talk to him and sign him for around $4 million. That's precisely what you said. I, I, are I you think serious? You si- <laughs> yeah, and, and you, you're just like, the White Sox has signed him for $4 million and he can be a nice companion piece and then when he gets signed I was thinking him being more of an opener until they give Kopech the job and stretch him out and you said yeah you know if he can show you're a fifth starter and beat out Ronaldo Lopez that'll be really nice to have uh Carlos Rodon and then if he's a big time has a big time year then he can sign a free agent contract or re-sign with the White Sox so I listened back to those things and Chris called Pretty much the whole Carlos oh. Rodon thing. I don't know if you called this. Not this act. No, not as But you called, yeah. like, he can have a good year and you can be reestablished because you can see the back foot slider come back in the 95-mile-per-hour fastball plus. So, yeah, this guy is our ace by far. I I don't know if we can re-sign him, but I'm just going to enjoy the ride because I know they're not going to trade him. Yeah, no, definitely not at this point. Uh, we go seven innings, three hits. One run, it was earned uh, courtesy of the base on balls. They Houston would still be out there trying to hit off Carlos Rodon at this point. I think you told me that you thought that that was, you know, where we have this hipster conversation about Carlos yep. Rodon where it's like, yeah, a guy who has a no-hitter, but then I came on the show and I said that start against Detroit was the best I've seen him, and then you told me that you thought Friday was the best you had seen him this year, right? Yeah, because he did have great stuff, premium stuff as I like to call it, but also he lost his command and control in one of those innings where he couldn't find the plate and he's fighting with themselves. And he found it after he gave up the run by walking in a guy. And then he found it to strike out the next couple of guys. That is what champions are made of. I thought after that inning, Tony was a hundred percent going to take him out of the game. He saw he lost it. Luckily he regained it. And Tony has faith in this guy. He only had like 70-something pitches at that juncture. So it was wise to have Carlos Rodon come back because he had only give up that one run and looked dominant before that. But in the sixth and seventh inning, he just owned the Astros. He's finished off really, really strong after having a period in there where he didn't have it. It's awesome to pitch with your A-plus stuff. And he lost that A-plus stuff and recovered and then got that back and got the feel back. So... 
that's very encouraging to see that you don't necessarily, as if you're Carlos Rodon, need to have that premium stuff to still look like the best pitcher out there. And he got matched by the uh, Astros pitcher, uh, Garcia, which I had never heard of before this. Yeah. But he made the White Sox hitters look <laughs> stupid out there, too. But Carlos Rodon is a ace. Yeah, he is. And I'm really – I think a lot of Sox fans are conflicted right now because we are – taking an exceptional level of joy in watching Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn every time they go out there and you know those guys are probably going to be gone next year I you know they they still have the Lucas Giolito thing to figure out you know whether whether or not they're going to give him a contract extension you know and we know the Sox history with pitchers and it's not a good one John Danks was the last yeah what about him Uh, he was the last pitcher that they gave an extensive contract to, and we saw how that worked out. So, you know, you think maybe it has confirmation bias for uh, Jerry Reinsdorf when he's signing over those checks. But, yeah, I, I would – man, it's just it, – it's maybe it's because the team's winning, but you really enjoy watching those two guys go out and the, the fact that they're probably not going to be back. I think, if anything, they would be more inclined to keep Rodon because you can't let a guy like that go. Like, he could flame out and never produce what he's doing again, but if he duplicates this or has something close to this next year with another team, you're never going to be able to live with yourself because you dealt with all the bad stuff that came along with, not with him, but just with all the unfortunate circumstances that came along with the injuries, the Tommy John, everything, and you finally get the guy that you're scouting department you know identified like granted it wasn't a a big swing they took there everyone thought he was one of the best pitchers that year in the draft but you finally have the guy that you thought you were drafting so maybe they will not overpay but maybe they will be inclined to to work something out because we know he's a gamer we know he likes it here because he wanted to come back even after they gave him the middle finger you know so I really hope they can work something out and I know that if you're if you're playing the odds, the odds are not in Carlos Rodon's favor to put up another season like this. But who knows? Maybe this is just now a perfect. You know, there are no comps, I don't think, for a guy like that with the pedigree that he had, the injuries that he had. You know, we certainly know that 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 pitchers get hurt all the time. But for for, for a guy with a high ceiling as him, with the really bad injury luck that he had, like, and then to 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 put it all behind him and bounce back, like, there's not a whole lot of comps to, to go from here so I, I really hope they can work something out but I am doubtful uh we'll, we'll talk about more about Carlos Rodon as the season progresses because he's just awesome and right now you can make a case that you know that was a signature moment for him more so than the no hitter because that's one of the best offensive teams in baseball if not the best and you would think maybe guys look at that and like you know what that's my starter for the American League uh, all-stars this year like he's been that good ERA at 1.83 this year so he's just been absolutely awesome to watch we'll take a quick time out but Gordon Beckham got into a little hot water this weekend we'll tell you why next here on Locked on White Sox are you stressed tired or just don't feel like cooking food that's fast doesn't have to be fast food freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping and cooking and the cleaning That's right, Herb. We're all trying to get in shape and eat right. Freshly can help. Their delicious meals are designed by nutritionists and cooked by chefs, making it easier to eat better. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off their first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. Absolutely. And Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and even family size. And now our listeners can try Freshly for only $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for quote-unquote healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. That's Freshly.com slash locked on 
for $40 off your first two orders. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and they're always ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made, nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash LockedOn for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOn for $40 off your first two orders. This episode of Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by Wealthfront. You know, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Weatherfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. All you need to get started is $500. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. Gordon Beckham had a couple more games this weekend uh, where he was doing the color work. Uh, Big Frank will be in this week during the Pittsburgh series, but there was a moment here. This is uh, during the uh, the walk-off. Before we get to Alvarez's at-bat here, just to tie up loose ends, after that Rays series, that last game in the Rays series where Liam Hendricks didn't get in that ball game and the White Sox were fortunate enough to win, Tony said they were going to try to rest him, right? So he doesn't get in that game, doesn't get in – uh, Thursday's game nope. doesn't get in Friday's game, which is really a head scratcher because now he's got the day off uh, in between where you can say, okay, he has two days where he hasn't made an appearance. And then Tony decides not to, to put him in on the road in a high leverage spot. Garrett Crochet ends up getting a loss in that one. So that goes to show you. And then he doesn't get in until Sunday in the blowout. So like saving a guy for tomorrow, I'm never a fan of because there's, you know, tomorrow's never guaranteed. And like you can, you know, that applies to any facet of life. But I just thought that was interesting there that uh, he was saving him for a game that never occurred. Uh, But this is how that game ended on Friday. Let me know if you hear anything that kind of uh, uh, sparks curiosity. Into right field, down the line, into the corner it goes. Lamb plucks it out of the corner. Gurriel's around third, and he is safe. The Astros walk it off on an RBI double from Jordan Alvarez. Houston wins 2-1 to one in game two of this series. Fortunately, he hung another slider, and Alvarez didn't miss it. Um, makes you wonder. I mean, they were all over those sliders. Hate to see it, but they played played a really good game here today. It just didn't work out. Makes you wonder, Herb. Um, mm-hmm. did, did it make you wonder at all <laughs> about um, anything about no, life about the I, Astros cheating? <laughs> I really didn't think about it. I they would be really brazen to do it again. <laughs> That's I mean, but they were but pretty also, brazen. They were pretty brazen after the fact. But also, no no penalties. So <laughs> yeah, not why that why, why wouldn't no one, you? You know, yeah. I mean, all it cost them was a GM and a manager. Who cares, dude? I kept They're, thinking about the whole the whole weekend. Like I see all those guys differently now. 
Like, you know, mm-hmm. I used to love watching a lot. Of, you know, Altuve used to be one of my favorite players, like yep. watching every day. And just seeing him and Correa, and I know this is strictly fanboy talk right now, but after the way they handled that that cheating scandal and just the the, the brazenness of it and the, the condescension and the arrogance, like seeing them now, like I really do not like this Astros team, and that that's that's fine. I'm sure they'll they'll uh, they won't lose any sleep over it. But Gordon Beckham did clarify on Twitter the next morning. Uh, he says this: Brantley thrown a slider and it almost left the yard. Guriel thrown a slider and it was laced to center. Alvarez thrown a slider and he ended the game. Quote makes you wonder. Unquote was my way of asking why the guys kept going to it. It's simple as that, folks. <laughs> you buying that? <laughs> No, no. Yeah. He, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, everyone was thinking it. I don't blame him. Like, but you all at the same time, you know, rookie analyst, mm-hmm. like, you know, you have to be like a made guy to say things like that. And I think he realized, ooh, people are listening, you know, when I get behind this microphone. We had that a couple of times. But the the, the Astros mob, the Astros Twitter mob uh, was out in full force this weekend as well. They should be because it was a good series win against a good you know White Sox team. But they, they went after our guy Gordo after that one. Yeah, I mean, if I would too, if I was an Astros fan, I yeah. mean, they should know, they should feel that their team didn't win on the level, and they should feel that every accusation against them should be taken with a grain of salt because everybody's going to come at you as an Astros fan. After a while, I can understand you getting defensive and say, F that, man. My team's playing on the up, and maybe your team should uh, not throw our guys sliders. If you think that we got the signs. So um, I got it. I get Astros fans and they deserve their pound of flesh. Enjoy your victory. Enjoy the weekend you guys had. It's coming later. That's why I get (laughs) frustrated because I don't think the White Sox played their best series. No, they didn't represent themselves correctly in this series. If they do that and lose, you say, all right, you're fine. But the at the dumb base running mistakes, the dumb fielding mistakes, the lazy, sloppy play. Just never good. Never good to have a series like that where you're playing unorthodox. Like if we had seen most of this stuff during the year, I would say, oh, same on White Sox. And I wouldn't think of them as a top tier team. I would say they have a limiting factor that will catch up to them. This series was just a bad uh, played series. Not one of those where you're going to throw away and forget about it. Maybe it's a precursor to some stuff because those dumb plays are very troubling and the the defense by Yohan Moncada to me. Ooh, yeah, we'll, I mean, yeah, we'll, it's we'll not get great. to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to some of the sloppy play stuff. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll uh listen to your voicemails and we'll weave in and out of the conversation about some of that those items uh next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, friends. Here it is. I finally done it. A little health and wellness update for you guys. I have finally surpassed the 20-pound plateau. I've lost 21 pounds now uh, given my new... I have lost 21 pounds now since I've really taken more of an active role in improving my physical and mental health, kicking the sweets addiction, which I had. And I don't know if I could have done it without Built Bar. I've been big time into Built Bars the past four or five months or so. I've always enjoyed Built Bars, but they've become a huge part of my daily routine. And with so many great flavors, there's no doubt as to why they've helped me been so successful with my weight loss. For example, just the other day, before Herb and I headed down to Pittsburgh, 
Built Bar was running a promotion, a free cooler with purchase, so you know I had to jump in on that one. I had to get my little Built Bar cooler. It's awesome. I took it with me on the road here in Pittsburgh and kept my Built Bars nice and cool for Herb and I in the car. No bad road trip snacking. Just because you're on vacation does not mean you have to fall back into old habits, friends. And Built Bars are great, especially for those road trips. They are high in protein, low in carbs, low in sugar, and best of all, they are coated in 100% real chocolate. They taste just like a candy bar but without the guilt. I ordered 18 coconut last week because that's one of my go-tos, but there's a lot of great flavors at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com now and find out which flavor is best for you, and they've got awesome promotions that they run frequently where they have a new flavor that they roll out or they bring back an old flavor that you haven't seen in a while. I'm hoping for that German chocolate cake to make a comeback personally. But go to BuiltBar.com now and use our promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport. With the help of our local experts, follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Voicemails, sir. We got a few of them. Some funny, some enraged. How can you, the Locked On White Sox listeners, you mean them, uh, how can they uh, get a hold of us if they want to just let let it rip on the voicemail? How can they call us up? 312-566-8727 to leave us a voice message. 312-566-8727. All right. First one coming in uh, from the 708. This is uh this is Brooks checking in it says. So let's see mm. Brooks. Yeah, in- interesting, right? Let's see. Hey, this is Brooks Boyer. Oh, Brooks Boyer. I'm calling in from a sunny Houston, Texas. And I just have a request. I'm going to need you to stop the calls for Yerman to be sent down. Too late. At least after the Field of Dreams games, we have a bunch of promos with him. You know, he had the burger. We (laughs) thought we were going to capitalize on uh, unknown talent. And, um, yeah, so we shot a bunch of features of him for the Field of Dreams game. So if he could just stay up here until then, that would be great. I know Tim Beckham. Just hit his tenth home run. Um, so yeah, can you stop calling for that? Thanks. <laughs> well, thank you, Bob. Oh, there we go. A little mob at the end. Um, appreciate you, Brooks Long Boyer. Sure. Yeah, exactly. But we get it. We love it. Um, thank you, Brooks Boyer, uh, the Sox director of marketing. Um, yeah, the your mean thing. I, I hope he's not actually in the Field of Dreams promos. Um, but it, it would not surprise me. But I have not seen that. Uh, so we, we, we'll we'll try not to call for people getting uh, sent down. But I think Yermin has done all the talking for us. I guess if Yermin was his burger, uh, he'd be done. You know, he'd be he'd be overcooked <laughs> right about now. But you know, it just it sucks. I don't take any joy saying it because we had so much joy early on in the season watching him and his unique approach and his professional approach. And it goes to show you how cruel this game can be uh, at times. In fact, almost all the time because. We thought that this guy, Yermin, was going to be a mainstay because of his approach. And we thought no way he was going to keep up that pace he was on. But I thought that he had some staying power because of a lot of the things that that I saw him do in those at-bats against some real tough pitching. But Mm -hmm. things have been all downhill and they were they were starting to go downhill even before the three zero home run. But you know we, a lot of people were talking about that on social media, like oh that's that's a lazy narrative to point to that three zero home run and the scolding he got after that uh, as to why he's struggling. But I'm just saying, at least I feel, it's it's all a piece of the of the pie, man. Like you know mm-hmm. if you want to talk about 
pitchers adjusting to him. That's a, that's a chunk of it. Talk about him, you know, just not being able to catch up to what those pitchers are doing, not being able to to you know follow through on what he knows he has to do, not being able to execute, for lack of a better term. That's a chunk of it. Uh, but also, how do you feel when you're out there uh, playing? Like, I think that's a part of it too. So to, to rule it out completely, I think is kind of just it, that that is lazy to just say, oh, it has nothing to do with it. This man was a national story for hitting a home run, but in, in a negative way. So I, I can't imagine what that must have done to him, but I'm not saying that that was the cause of all this because it's pretty clear uh, that it's it's more than just that. But I, I think a move is coming soon here for for all your mean. What do you think? Hmm. I'm just trying to think of his replacement. When you have Gavin Sheets down there who came up and did not get any at bats when he came up for his two games. That's the thing. I was talking to my dad about this. Like you know, we were talking about some of these guys who have been struggling, and I'm like, yeah, these guys. He's like, they should call some of these one of these young outfielders up. I was like, yeah, dad. They have, but Tony mm-hmm. doesn't. Don't Tony doesn't play them. You would never nope. know that they were there because they don't get playing time. Luis Gonzalez, Gavin Sheets. I, th- I think Jake Berger is a natural uh, progression as far as that goes. But you know, this is a pretty re- uh, this is a redundancy. You know, I wish they had a left handed stick down there they can call up to to complement this. But I think it's going to be Jake Berger because he's shown somewhat of infield versatility. But I, I think that's the move they make. That would work for me. That's a great story. Also, another rags to riches story got drafted high in the first round for the White Sox, went out with two Achilles injuries consecutively, has missed a lot of time. And now he's doing the things that he needs to do at AAA to get a call up here. And that will be fine with us that you know the team's desirous of having him successful as a former first round pick. And also his story is great. He's a great guy from where I hear. So if it takes you're mean going down and getting some more seasoning down in AAA, fine. But what he's offered us this year already is a season's worth of greatness. I enjoy what he does. I'm sad that maybe he got, get, might get sent down to AAA. I hope he finds a way to be in his real role where he's coming off the bench, getting an occasional start at a for at DH or first base, never at catcher, even though he got in there for a little bit for catcher, uh, I think in the ninth inning of a start, he looked all right. But I want the guy to stay on the team because I think his bat, when used sparingly, is a valuable tool. And he can get his confidence back maybe by going down to AAA, beating on some lesser opponents, get his Yermin swag back, and then come up here. Because no matter what people say on Twitter, it's part of it. The Tony La Russa thing is part of his struggles. You can look at the numbers from right there. You can't dismiss it out of hand. You can disagree with it, but you can't dismiss it out of hand saying it has nothing to do with it. So I want his confidence back. I want the guy that's splashing champagne over his own body, the guy who's having fun, not caring about anything. Yeah, man, I, I, this game is so much mental, man. Like it, you, it's so much about feel and confidence, and I, I just, I just think to dismiss it, like you said, it's just not, you know, it's uh, I, I, you can't dismiss it outright. I, I think, but it would be lazy to blame it on one thing, one way or another. I think is the best way to put it. Um, all right, mm-hmm. we're wrapping it up here. Got a couple more voicemails here. This one was sent before the game even ended, and I think there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of passion in this one. Uh, this one checking in from the old eight one five. Hey guys. This is Eric in D.C. I'm not even going to wait until the end of this one. It's the eighth right now, and these guys have banged out two hits, and I can't come down too hard on the dudes who are on the field right now because this is the lineup that we have. No contending team should have Jake Lamb, Eaton. I know he's on the I.L., but 
Goodwin, Hamilton, like if you're going to dominate the AL, you're not going to do it with guys like this. I don't know whether Rick thinks he's waiting another month to let the market settle. I don't know whether he's he's seeing the price too high. I All I know is you plug a hole in right field with Adam Eaton in the offseason, and you think that's going to work out somehow to your advantage. You lose two of your biggest bats. We're expecting these guys to come back in August, Luis and Eloy, and tear through, you know, the AL down the stretch run. I mean, one guy's got, you know, tore a chest tendon. The other guy ripped his hip flexor. I mean, these guys aren't going to be able to generate power, perhaps, right away. If they can, great. But, I mean, for the time being, assuming that, that's a huge gamble. Um. Basically, I think what we're seeing is like once the pitching has a has a bad stretch, the lineup just gets exposed, and you see the pressure on guys like Pito. You see it on Tim. They can't carry an entire lineup that's made with guys like Lamb and Eaton and Goodwin. I, I love Goodwin and Hamilton. They've been fantastic role players. But if you're going to have Danny Mendick start, starting at second base right now, you know they just they have to make some moves. This lineup needs help. Um, the bullpen probably needs an arm or two as well. You know, you look, I, I hate to go through that meme and that narrative of they've been beaten up on bad teams because they, they have and good teams beat up on bad teams. But you look at what happened to them in New York. Look at what happened with them in Houston. What happened with them in Boston earlier in May. I mean, they didn't have the best series. They've been riding your meme, um, through his hot streak and now he's regressed. And we're going to start hearing rumors about Jake Berger coming up. It, 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 this isn't serious. Like, this is not Rick, – Rick knows he has to make moves. The question is, is Jerry going to open the purse strings? I don't know. But this is really frustrating because they weren't – other than the Carlos game, they really weren't competitive in this series. And it reminds me quite a bit of – some historical series that took down some pretty decent Sox teams that didn't make the playoffs. I mean, we've watched a five-and-a-half game lead now. Like I was saying to a few buddies last week. And it cut off. So, yeah, that was a really good call there. Very, very insightful, and I think everyone feels the same way about it. We know that this lineup right now, as it's constructed, is, is not good enough. But there's not like uh, – there's Rick's going to have to jump the market, I think, here. Um, because there, we haven't seen any any trades go down yet. Too many teams are still in it, and I do think there is some validity in the concern about them, you know, not playing well enough against good teams. Because the Toronto series looks less and less impressive because they're a 500 team right now as it sits. And I, I, but I do think when this team is operating at at full potential, when they have all their guys in there, they're as good as anyone. But the problem is they won't have those guys for a while, so they have to figure out a way to supplement this roster in the interim. And, you know, the, the thing about your mean that just to piggyback of what we we're talking about as well, like he was a huge part of why this team is where they're at right now. And now I'm talking about like, not like getting swept by the Astros. He was a big part of that too. Uh, but as far as where they are in the standings right now, he was a huge part of that early. If they don't get that boost from him early, uh, who knows where this team is? So, you know, if, if they win a ring this year, your means going to be able to, you know, flex just as hard as anyone because he carried them for a long while there. But as far as, you know, we're just going to have to play the waiting game with these trades, man. And, and our, our guy here, uh, and Eric in DC is absolutely right with a lot of this stuff. I, I think 
uh, this team, you know, with some more health and you know more opportunities to play better teams. Like I don't think the Tampa series was an aberration. Basically, like I think they are. They can go toe to toe against anyone. But like you said, Herb, this past weekend was just not a good example of them playing their their best baseball. Yeah, and it's very disheartening when you see them get swept by the Houston Astros. And it's not like they don't deserve it. The Houston Astros are good, but uh, I just uh, I just didn't like how they played. I want when we go to Pittsburgh, them just take it out on the on the Pirates. I love you know the Pirates. I love the city of Pittsburgh, but it's time to get beat down because we need <laughs> we need we need a pinata. And these games coming up right now. Baby, let's eat. We went through a gauntlet right there, 13 straight right, games yeah. versus champion as teams. Now it's time to feast on some bums. Let's get that record healthy again. We'll talk about that a little bit in tomorrow's show, but we'll take a quick timeout and maybe a player will check in. Maybe even someone like Jake Lamb will check in next on Locked on White Sox. All right, one more phone call before we get out of here today, and we'll preview the Pirate Series in its entirety tomorrow on the show. Uh, let's check in. Well, what do you know? Here he is. Um, hey, hey guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Jake Lamb here. It's oh. me, Jake Lamb. Oh, hey. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, obviously, rough, rough, uh, rough weekend, rough weekend series. Well, all I can say is today I did what I could. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, well, two run shot. <laughs> what else do you want from me? Uh, I don't know. We're going to get this together. Um, Coach Tony's got a good. Game plan for uh, going forward, and I, I, I trust Coach Tony with with taking us to the promised land. Um, the other thing I want to address real quickly is uh, I listen to your podcast uh, religiously, and I don't know, Herb. I think Tanny might be uh, delete, deleting my voicemails. I uh, I leave as many as I can. Um, you know, Tanny's got something against me, and I don't know what it is. Clearly, uh, you know. Herb, we, you know, we exchange DMs on Twitter all the time. You can't even DM Tanny. Oh, thinks she's too big for us, I guess. Anywho, keep up the good work, guys, and uh, we're going to go get them next week, and hopefully Coach Tony gives me a chance to help this team. Uh, go Sox. Uh, Jake, Jake Lamb calling. Okay, thank you, Jake, for <laughs> clarifying. I, I didn't know it was you the entire time. Uh, yeah, that, that's great uh, for, for Jake. I, I thought uh, Jake was going to give Dallas Keuchel uh, all the support he would need there uh, yesterday afternoon, but it was uh, it was not meant to be. We certainly appreciate Jake for calling in. And no, I'm, I'm not deleting voicemails here. Sometimes we just don't have time for them, but uh, we had time for you today, Jake. So that is always much appreciated. But uh, uh, just in closing here, and we'll certainly – uh, get into some of this a little bit more tomorrow. There's there's a lot of spillage here, but my my closing thoughts on this team in the series uh, is this: I, I think they're going to be okay. We knew the Sox had their weaknesses with the all the injuries, and the Astros are on fire, as I said earlier. Um, you know, you got outplayed in every facet of the game. Your weaknesses they're going to look even larger than than you thought they were when you when you get outplayed and and you and you play lazy baseball and uninspired unheads up style baseball and that's that's what the White Sox played this weekend, um, you know and sometimes you get your ass kicked in uh, in Major League Baseball and that's okay too sometimes and sometimes you realize okay maybe we've got some work to do and that's okay too because I rather have this team get touched a little bit here in June by a good team than then cruise because for for a minute last week after that race series when that lead was five and a half games I was like man this team may actually 
coast here. Like they're playing good baseball without its without its best players. They may actually coast a little bit here, especially with the easy schedule coming up here, as you alluded to in the last segment. But I rather have them get touched a little bit, get a reality check, than coast and then get their doors blown off when it when it matters most in October. So they're they're going to regroup. They'll beat up on some more bad teams, which I think is still important. Like, how many times do you see good teams just don't play inspired baseball against bad teams? And you're like, man, well, we're only a 500 team. Well, where did all those wins go? It was because you didn't perform when you should have. Like, you see that happen a lot in baseball. But they'll eventually get healthy. I do think Rick will add some pieces, and they'll be better equipped to face a team uh, like the Astros next time out. Um, which, you know, they're, they're a really good team. But the Sox, just by playing better baseball, they'll, they'll yield a better result at home next time against the Astros, for example. So that's how I feel about this team. I don't know how, how close you are in agreement. I know we've been talking about the same themes this entire episode, like they're not, not their best baseball, sloppy baseball. But that's kind of how I see this team. I do think Rick will add, and I, I think they'll ultimately be fine. We'll, we'll forget about this by the end of the, this coming week here, I would suspect. But a little bit of I told you so real quick on, your, on our way out the door. Um Michael Brantley, 5 for 16 in the series with, <laughs> with 5 RBI, and he looked like he was on a mission uh, to, I don't, I don't know, to prove the White Sox wrong, but he had, he's been beaten up on the White Sox his entire career, so for him it was, it was old hat. And Kyle Schwarber, three homers yesterday, nine homers in ten games, two left-handed sticks, who we talked about uh, on this show as guys that would be good fits. Uh, granted, the Michael Brantley thing was before the Eloy injury, but Talented teams find a way to make it work, and you, you find a way to you, fig, you you acquire the talent, you stack the talent, and then you figure out where the talent's going to play after the fact. And who knows? We don't have all the info on Michael Brantley. He re-signed awfully quick, quickly with Houston, but man, that would be a great bat to have in this lineup, man. And Schwarber too. They need left-handed pop, a left-handed professional presence here, and they they don't have it. And you saw two guys this weekend who we lobbied for on this show uh, have big weekends. So I told you so. <laughs> hey, just that's why you listen to Locked On Socks. We <laughs> we find one every once in a while. A blind squirrel finds a nut twice a day. Yes, thank you, Vince Goodwill. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so yeah, those guys are having great years, and I still would like Jack Peterson, and as opposed to the Adam Eaton that we've got well, this year. Well, here's the thing: yeah, Adam Eaton's been bad, but remember the Jack Peterson thing? They offered him. They did. Uh, uh, they offered him more money than what he eventually got with the Cubs. Um, you could argue the tact. It was pretty clear that Rick Hahn was trying to to be aggressive and, and get his team ready to go. His, he said his team was on the floor. He was trying to get this roster pretty much ready to rock seemingly by Christmas because he offered Jock Peterson that contract very early on in the process, and we found that out later. But Jock just you know thought he'd get more money elsewhere or just didn't want to play on the south side. One of those two things, maybe both. But they did try for Jock Peterson, and the difference has been marginal. But if I had to bet on one of those two guys the rest of the way, I'm betting on Jock Peterson. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it was, 100%. It, it was a mistake. And maybe Adam Eaton will come back healthy, and he'll be a little bit more of what we thought he was going to be, what he was earlier on in the year, a guy with a little bit of pop. Uh, but, it, yeah, it's that move in hindsight. is It does not look good. And, you know, I, I'd love to hammer Rick, Rick Hahn about it. But, again, like we – you know, it it the move didn't make sense at the time. We thought, oh, God, this this – and I don't want to deflect blame from Rick Hahn, but it felt like, oh, this is a Tony move. This is a guy who Tony has seen, and he wants him a scrappy guy at the top of the order. Um, but, you know, we'll never know how that goes. And the, the story is not yet written completely, but it certainly doesn't look good now. But that's all I got. Tomorrow's show, Herb, we're going to preview 
this Pittsburgh series. We're going to talk about finally getting our asses out on the road, and I'm looking forward to it. But that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23, Lawrence, spelled backwards, 23. And the show is at Locked On Socks. You heard the voice message right there from Jake Lamb, 312. It was Jake five, Lamb. Did you know that? Jake, it was Jake, Jake Lamb. Lamb, yeah. It was. It, it was. was. Him, I yeah. didn't hear it. <laughs> and also, uh, Brooks Boyer, I'll put those in quotes, 312-566-8727, 312-566-8727, or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com for Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked On Socks.